that's a triple play. New episodes of Kenway. Open your mind at the first gate. Press play, no need to debate. AOA, check me out. Look, clock these you can count these hours. Look, clock these you can catch the hype. Golden dawn, how we follow the light. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people of all ages? Welcome back to the AOA show. I'm your host, as always, Ian, along with my boys, Isaiah. Yo, yo, yo. And Gavin. What is going on? And today we are here to talk about our thoughts on Sword Art Online, Alicization, War of Underworld. This one's episode 20. Um, Can't remember the name off the top of my head right now. It is the Night Sky Blade. So um, this one we get into... And it goes right off the bat with Kirito fighting the big bad. And um, I have to say, right off right off the bat, um, I do have to admit that the animation was pretty fucking astoundingly brilliant. Yeah, yeah. like the, it, it, it did look beautiful. And I mm-hmm. think one thing I, Isaiah was saying, which I totally agree with, was the um, just the sound effects mm-hmm. within it during the fight were really awesome. But I think it'll be interesting in this discussion... Um, because I would like to wager that some of us have some different thoughts on how maybe that could have went down or maybe not. Maybe we're all in agreement and that's what's kind of cool about this is, you know, the differences in opinion. Um, but we're going to flesh out our thoughts. But remember, if you do like the content today, make sure you guys are liking, subscribing, hitting that notification bell, sharing with your friends and commenting your thoughts down below. What did you think of this episode? What did you have to say about our opinions on it? Um, and the discussion as a whole. If you are listening on audio-only platforms, i.e. Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, etc., make sure you guys are follow, uh, throwing a follow on there. Hit us up on the socials. Hit us up on the Patreon. Hit us up on that Discord, baby. We're growing the community day by day, and it's really awesome yep, yep. to see all your um, all new faces come in and mm-hmm. talk and you know having a conversation. It's like yeah. more's my heart. But anyway, folks, we are going to jump right into this discussion. So, uh, Gavin, I know last week mm-hmm. the reason I ask you first is because la- for those of you who don't know, last week Isaiah was out of town. Mm-hmm. Um, so Gavin and I held down the fort on that one, and we discussed the episode um, prior to this one where you know he fights Poe and mm-hmm. everything goes down. And I know you were saying in particular, which is why I'm curious to get your thoughts, that you were like, okay, they pulled the Yu-Gi-Oh card, right, to get him out of the Poe fight. I hope they don't just keep pulling the Yu-Gi-Oh card in this fight. Yes. They pulled the Yu-Gi-Oh card <laughs> quite a bit. Turns out it's a reusable spell that you get just an unlimited amount of time. Yeah. So I was curious to hear your thoughts on that in this episode. Well, it's interesting because prior to me going into this episode, I actually was talking to one of my other buddies who really likes sword art as well, and he reads the light novels like Isaiah, and he's already caught up to it. And I had brought that up prior after we finished the last episode, and I was like, dude, they pulled the Yu-Gi-Oh card. I really am going to be like nervous if they do it again. And he pretty much like told me flat out, he was like, bro, it's UGO. Like they, they, <laughs> they do pull it again. And I was yeah. like, all right. I kind of like knew it was going to yeah, happen. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, let's see how they flush it out. You know how they progress with it. Yada, yada, yada. And I'm like torn on it because in way it, it's weird because for me, UGO plays such an intricate role in this whole storyline that I feel like when they do introduce him in these fights, that it needs to be in a way that it keeps his, his character significance and people may argue, like, yeah, well, that's why, obviously, they keep on putting him in on these, like, very important fights because, you know, he's, like, the backbone of Kirito, especially with him coming back and realizing his self-worth and such not and, like, whatnot. But for me, I feel like it's it's more—I feel his character is more significant when they use him less. And I feel like if they keep on introducing him more and, like, having him back up Kirito in these fights— 
it literally is just like a get a get out of jail free card, you know, where it's like, oh well, Yuji is just going to come out because I know he is because he always does. And yeah. for me, like innately, that loses the significance of having Yuji and everything that he's had like gone through in terms of like bringing his character back and stuff like that. So people are going to disagree with that exact statement because the again the direct argument is well that just so, shows he's significant because he keeps on coming back to Kirito and yada yada but like for me it's a disconnect because I love Yu-Gi-Oh so much that I want him to only come out as needed and when that happens and you see him less it makes his presence more significant sure if that makes sense no 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 it does so and that's why again if you look back to our last episode when we were talking about it I'm like they pulled the Yu-Gi-Oh card right off the bat like seemingly like without a thought. And for me, I was like, all right, well, they got to do it in some other way where either they don't introduce him a lot and they really focus on the fight in general or make it aesthetically pleasing, which they did. And it did look pretty fucking fire. But again, I'm like, they just kept on like he he made like three different appearances. And it's like, what? Like, come on. Like, yeah, can, you, yeah. can you maybe do it a little bit differently? I, I don't know. But I'm not going to drill it that hard. And I'm curious more on what Isaiah thinks about it with everything that I just said, because obviously like we're both Yu-Gi-Oh stands. Like, well, I mean, everybody's a Yu-Gi-Oh stand, but I, I don't know what, if that bothered you like being a big sword art fan, or if that really just didn't matter. And you were just kind of invested in everything else that was going on or what? So for me, I'm curious on your mindset. And I'm also equally curious due to the fact that coming in as more of a, you know, hopping on the train a little later, mm -hmm. um, I do share that sentiment. But I didn't, I know who UGO is. I know all the characters. I'm up to speed on the plot and the characters at this point. Mm -hmm. But there's something to be said about having the emotional weight that carries through growing or, or traversing this journey with said characters. So UGO, although I know he's important and he seems like a really chill dude, you know, I, I haven't been there through thick and thin. So based off, you know, that sort of bias in my mind, um, you know, I, I, at face value do agree with that statement that I think, especially from last episode and this one, I think they pull the UGO card quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and I don't know if the, I would be more solidified in that thought if I had seen him more or I'd be less solidified in that thought. So I'm, that's why I'm very particularly curious to hear Isaiah's thoughts on that. Cause maybe, you know what I mean? There's something that I'm missing or maybe you agree. Who knows? I don't know. Let us know. What do you uh, think? Uh, <laughs> Spotlight's <right>. on. <laughs> <laughs> like nine times. We're like, I wonder what this nigga thinks. Anyway, I may keep making my point. Um, I don't really have my, my opinion's not too different. From yours, I mean, okay. I like on face value, it's like, yeah, they UGO ends up being like or feeling, I guess, like this get out of jail free card. But like, that's not like this show was always going here. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. I, I, I feel like sort of at least the people who are still watching it now are kind of in like two camps of like people who know what sword art is and are just like sitting down with their popcorn and they're like, let me watch this anime and people who are like constantly expecting it to like do something more mm -hmm. than it's going to do. And like, I feel like in the latter, you're always setting yourself up for disappointment. And that's not to say that like the show doesn't can't ever capitalize on that. Cause I think it did. And I actually think this season as a whole um, is one of my, is my favorite season of SAO for that. Cause I think it, it does the best to grow and evolve the show f all the way from where it started. Mm -hmm. But like this show has been about, Kirito and Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah. One of the reasons I love this show is or this season, I should say specifically, is because Kirito is not the only main character in this story, right? The story is not just about Kirito. It's not just about the real world. It's about the like bridging the gap, right, between the underworld and the real world. And so you have Yu-Gi-Oh, who represents 
everything the, the best of the underworld, right? Everything the underworld can be and should be. And then you have Kirito, who is that opposition on the real world. Mm-hmm. So, like, watching these two, like, blend the way they do, um, I don't know. Like, it just makes sense. I mean, you know, it doesn't really end up bothering me that much because I, I get it. Like, I guess the only way, the only, the only other thing I was thinking about was, like, maybe if they did less of, like, where he was visually there because, like, the whole thing at the end of his fight with um, the administrator is where, like, he literally, like, turns into the Blue Rose Sword, mm-hmm. right? And so Kirito has a Blue Rose Sword and it's broken. But then, like, after, I think it was two episodes ago, right, where he repairs the sword, like... I, w- I would have, mo- I wouldn't, I think they could have done a thing where, like, maybe Yu-Gi-Oh! is still with Kirito, like, in spirit because he has mm. the sword, right? And so, like, maybe there's moments, like, you know, that moment where he, like, swings the sword and then, like, the ghost of Yu-Gi-Oh! grabs it and, like, holds it back. Maybe you it's, like, a thing where, like, just the sword suddenly gets this, like, this, like, force behind it, you know what I mean? Because, again, Yu-Gi-Oh! is, like, in the sword. So, like, maybe not so much of, like, a, there was, like, a separate, there was, like, very much they wanted you to know that, like, Yu-Gi-Oh! Yu-Gi-Oh's literal spirit is still here, right? Which, like, I don't know. You could kind of miss me with that, where it's like, if you just... I, I feel like they could, you could still make the point, mm-hmm. right, that Yu-Gi-Oh is here. Because, like, that was the whole... That was the whole thing, right? Is that, like, this opposition between... Um, oh my, I'm forgetting the bad guy's name. What's the bad guy's name? Gabriel. <laughs> Gabriel. Mm-hmm. Um, that, like, him and Kirito are both on this, like, line of, like, they don't really, like, understand how people feel or how people think. Um, and so, again, like, Yu-Gi-Oh! is supposed to be sort of, like, the proof that Kirito has, that he overcame that, right? Mm-hmm. That he is different now and that he isn't like Gabriel in the sense that he was in this world, you know, in this fake world or reality world that, like, he did meet somebody like that that helped him get through that. And so I think while I understand, like, the whole, like, oh, they spam Yu-Gi-Oh! too much, it's like, Yu-Gi-Oh is the second main character of the story, right? Mm-hmm. So I feel like it like it didn't bother me that much in the end cuz like Yu-Gi-Oh is important. He's he's a vital mm-hmm. part of this story and not just in his weapon, which sort of completes the whole, you know, one to two halves of Kirito's dual wielding technique, but like also literally Yu-Gi-Oh represents everything Kirito came out of or learned from the underworld. Yeah, and I think what's important with what you said very much it's I do agree and that's why I I can't get too angry of why they keep on putting him in there. I think it just comes with how they should have integrated it with the show. Like, for me, I would definitely have preferred if maybe he physically wasn't there, but it was more of a mental thing on Kirito where, you know, he just remembers his presence or it's something with inside its soul that Yu-Gi-Oh! was resonating with, and, like, that's how they're communicating. And right. to many extent, it is, and that's why he does physically manifest. But it's like, I feel like it should have just been, like, less show and more emotion in terms of, like, Kirito with just what was going on. I don't, I don't yeah. know. And it, for everybody, it's two different things. And again, it is sword art. So I, I was expecting it going in. And like you said, when you brought up, is it the latter? Where is, are you just sitting here and watching it or thinking that it's going to go outside the bounds of what it normally does in terms of like these characters? For me, yes, I'm in that ladder, <laughs> you know, because it, it's like when you watch any show, like in some ways, you know what a show is and what the, and they play on what they're good at and you expect it wholeheartedly. But like for me, there's always a part of me that's like, all right, are you just going to like, kind of reshape that mold like a little bit because this like arguably this whole season has done that like yeah. you know from the ground up just with him and Yu-Gi-Oh and that whole relationship like it really felt refreshing watching it and I really love the first half of it and I just kind of like hope that they were just going to do things a little bit differently at the end but at the end of the day it doesn't make it any less significant or any 
less of a show. Like they still, they kept to their roots. They just did what they pretty much set out that they were going to do. So, you know, good on them for at least continuing in that nature. So, yeah, you know. I think coming strictly from a filmmaking uh, or directorial or production process, um, I that's kind of where my thoughts come in, mm-hmm. you know, where it's like I can understand that UGO himself is very important and integral part to the story and to Kirito, mm-hmm. which if you don't have Kirito, quite literally you're all fucked, um, is one trend that I've noticed in here, and now UGO to Kirito. Um, but yeah, I think... Uh, I think maybe I think maybe the fact that it was like for me during the fight, it wasn't like oh UGO is with me. It was like no, literally there's UGO swinging the sword, mm-hmm. right? Like that that to me was like where it kind of was like, all right, you know what I mean? Like like <laughs> like did he even die at that point? You know what I mean? Like I think that's where it's it's a little tough for me um, in that in that regard. But he does obviously play a very significant role on, you know, on Kirito and everyone there. One thing that I have to clear up and I have to ask, mm-hmm. um, because I said this last episode too, and this comes from ignorance of not seeing the entirety of the series um, from start to finish, are all... So Kirito, he does it last fight with Poe, and mm-hmm. he certainly did it this fight with Gabriel, where he seemingly has an ability um, that, quite frankly, seems to kind of come out of his ass. I'm, I'm wondering... If there's, because there's a lot of, there seems to be like a lot of nostalgia throwbacks within some of these fights where he does like the, oh, recollection thing or whatever, you know what I mean? And it's like, I'm assuming fans of the show that have seen, you know, X amount of it will be like, oh, I know that move. Like, you know, that's a thing that that thing could do. But then there are points, there are some points where I feel that I'm like, could he always do something like that? Because for me, you know, not seeing if he could or couldn't it kind of lowered the stakes for me in the sense that I'm like, okay, once I see you be able to do shit like this with, you know, with Poe and then especially now with Gabriel, i.e. make a uh, pocket universe and then absorb it into your sword, you know, through people's energy or whatever. For me, it kind of lowered the stakes of the fight because I was like, oh, this guy was fucked to begin with. You know what I mean? Like there wasn't even a point of thing like Kirito was on the ropes because shit, I didn't know he could do that, you know? Mm -hmm. So I was wondering like, is there something that's like alluded to in terms of like some of these, uh, you know, not some of the abilities like on the surface level, but like some of the bigger abilities where it's like, this is something that Kirito has done before or whatever. You know what I mean? Like if we take something like a dragon ball, cause it kind of was akin to the spirit bomb when they were doing that, it's like they, um, they established, you know what I mean? Like in the, in the, uh, in the earlier parts of that show when they had, or at least when they had to use it in a sense, you know, what it is and how, how it works and all that kind of stuff. But being that we're so close to the end now, it's kind of hard for them to flesh that out unless they've kind of given pointers along. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious if we've seen things like that so are before. You, what are you, what is it that you are talking about speci- specifically? So in this fight specifically, I would say the one ability in particular would be um, where he creates space and then everyone okay. seemingly so the a star. Um I guess, yeah. Is yeah, that the, what is he, that the yeah, whole move? You make stars used. and then suck in well, everyone's that's not energy, like the or like, only like. So yeah, yeah, it is something that's alluded in the show, and it's something that's explained throughout the show, um, like specifically in the season, because that's a that's a underworld specific ability. It's not okay. something, and so is the Night Sky Blade, which is the new sword that he gets, like mm-hmm. for this world. Mm. Um, but basically, that every sword um, that you are, you are only like as good with your sword at like as per how linked you are with the weapon. Cause these okay. weapons aren't just like, you know, 
fucking like random metal that like you just grabbed off the road and like fucking you know heated up and made it like they're sure. all made from something living okay. and so in that there's like this sense of unity that you have to connect with with your mm-hmm. weapon okay and so the fr- there's like different stages of it though so the first stage is being able is what's called enhanced armament and mm-hmm. it's like allows you to tap into whatever the ability of your sword is as per whatever its origins are so for example uh for berkeley it's the time splitting like slash i think it's called or time splitting sword and that's the name of his sword and what it allows him to do the enhanced armament is in his fight with gabriel allows him to like literally go like through time and like basically like he could like we explained it in yeah there's like like physical like timed forms of like three seconds prior of his movements and he's able to slash them or attack them and then after said attacks, yeah. they catch up to real time and the right. damage. Yeah, is yeah. Or like yeah, yeah. Alice's sword, the Oma. Uh, I always forget. I always yeah, forget I pronounce it. it. It's like Omiathus. I think it's Omiathus. Omiathus. Um, the Omiathus blade is made from something called the Omiathus tree, mm-hmm. which is the oldest and longest living tree in the underworld, mm-hmm. and it's said to have like these flowers that are like ever growing and and can last forever. So as that translates to her enhanced armament, she can her sword literally disperses into flowers and like they can take whatever shape she wants and essentially form whatever, you know, thing that she needs it to be. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Um, and Kirito's is the night sky blade. The enhanced armament is called all enveloping darkness. Okay. So basically what it is, this sword was made from, I'm just forgetting all these the names today. The elder tree. The elder tree. Yeah. So basically the tree at the very beginning of underworld that Yu-Gi-Oh, when you, when you meet Yu-Gi-Oh that he's mm-hmm. cutting down, that tree, there's a when they ch- finally chop mm-hmm. it down, um, the blacksmith that they meet says, "Go grab a branch off that tree and bring it back to me, and I'll make you a sword of that." So that's what it is. It basically enhanced armament allows you to tap into the memories of said weapon from whatever living, you know, thing that it came from. Right. Okay. The next step, and which is the final step, is release recollection. So that is essentially if your sword was made from a living thing much like the people and, and souls in this world, it has memories. Okay. Release recollection literally allows you to just release and essentially explode uh, whatever memory, you know, whatever whatever memories your sword has, whatever it. it comes from. So if Kirito's okay. comes from that branch, which is from the oldest, one of the oldest living trees in Underworld, um, like codenamed All Enveloping Darkness, mm. essentially to, like releasing that j- allows him to just spawn out an all enveloping darkness. And okay. So on that scale, combined with his like enhanced soul mode, which is what the yellow eyes that he gets at the end are, mm-hmm. that's what lets him do like a giant ass spear bomb uh, universe level. You know. Okay, that's fair. No, I I didn't know the explanation, so that actually wraps it up pretty nicely with a bow. Um, I mean, long story short, this villain was fucked from the start. <laughs> <laughs> like there was no way he was fucking winning mm-hmm. in that fight. Yeah. But uh, okay, no, that's that's interesting. There's a comparison, and then I guess you know, obviously, the more people and the more memories there are, you know what I mean. And now that it's mm-hmm. like he's able to kind of envelop everyone within the underworld, you know, it obviously powered it up to like ridiculous measures uh against this against this dude so yeah i mean that a lot of the episode was the fight um there's a yeah there's a i mean there's that's the vast majority of it so there's not too much to talk about besides the fight (laughs) itself um besides the fact that you know we get some interesting turn of events at the end of the episode and i i guess this goes into where this is going to go for the next episode or two or three. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going to be, I guess that Kirito himself has assumedly stayed in the, uh, in the underworld along with um, Asuna. Yep. 
who decided to tag along uh, because they love each other. So if he's got to spend 200 years alone here, or however long, like she's going to be there with him. So that was cute. Um, you know, and I'm curious to see where that goes, you know, in, in, in the next couple episodes and how they're going to, you know, surpass that obstacle, I guess, mm-hmm. of time. Cause if anything, time is a way more scary villain than, than Gabriel could <laughs> yeah, ever yeah. be. You know, well, I yeah. don't think you could suck up all the souls you want in your sword of <laughs> memories. Like you're not blasting time away. So mm-hmm. I say that, but I mean, you know, I'm so curious to see where that ends up. Um, so I know it's relatively short one on, on my end, but I'm curious to know if you guys have any other thoughts or anything in particular that you want to talk about in this episode, being that generally speaking, we go about a 30 minute mark. We're roughly at like 20 right now, which there's nothing wrong with, but there was really just one major point. So, yeah, I mean, no, I mean, it was this episode was basically just the fight. Right. And it was a dope fight. Um, but yeah, I mean, like we had, I guess, what is uh, the, the sort of. You know, I forget what he calls it, but like the ending protocol, right? Where he's like, all right, 10 minutes, every like the the time accelerator, that's what Mm -hmm. it was, is getting sped up. And like everybody, um, the underworld basically is going through a 200 year uh, jump in time. Um, And so I'm assuming that Alice and and everybody else that we saw um, getting locked out is now out of the um, out of the underworld and Mm -hmm. back in the real world and doing their thing, including. Sugu and Sinon, who were we also know were in mm-hmm. the STLs with Asuna. So I'm curious to know if it was like I, I I wonder if it was a thing where Asuna herself logged everybody else out, like minus her, because I remember they were saying that the main thing, but the, the main difference between everybody else who was logged in and like let's say you know the three girls that were using the goddess accounts and then Kirito is that they were linked to the system differently, mm-hmm. right? So just simply like hitting the accelerator and logging everyone out wasn't going to work. Like they mm-hmm. would have to manually make sure that they logged themselves out because they wouldn't be able to get out any other way. Mm-hmm. Um, now again, this is sword art and we have what two more episodes. So I'm assuming we're going to find some way out of this. Yeah. Um, but like, I'm curious as to how, cause the, I guess I'm curious as to how they will explain it based off of the explanation that they've given us uh, like prior. Uh, yeah. As yeah. to how all this works. Cause it's like, I'm, I'm guessing that, if it, it, like that, that's the only way it could have gone, right? Is that Asuna would have had to have been the one who manually logged everybody else out, including in like sending Alice's Flucklight out, um, but like just keeping, you know, staying behind herself. And so that way, uh, like Higa and everybody else that's in the, the base, like can't like just log Kirito and Asuna out. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I don't know. And I feel, well, I feel like it's going to come down to them where now they're stuck in this world where they can't manually do anything themselves because obviously that's otherwise we wouldn't be in this problem that we're in now. But, you know, after the real life stuff gets fleshed out with, you know, the, the antagonists and the team that, you know, whatever, whatever happens, because I know they're like the enemies who are in the main control room, they're still under a time constraint of, I believe, eight hours before other people start coming in. I don't really remember, like, specifically what's supposed to happen, but, you know, there was, like, an outside force that was going to come in, and they were only given eight hours. So after that, like, the time in between, I feel like that's going to be the crunch part where it's, like, getting Alice's, like, because that is a physical entity that is coming out through that, like, sub-control room. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, they're, like, the guys in the main control room aren't just going to let them have it and, you know, go on their merry way. Like, there's still going to be some sort of clash between the real world people and, like, their problems going on. that's true. And whatever goes on and however that finishes, 
honestly is going to have to complete with Higa saving Kirito and uh, Asuna in some weird way, whether it's like a manual override thing or they're able to like reverse the time constraint of like the power accelerator or something. Or even if not, it's just because their physical bodies aren't the ones that are going to be changing at the end of the day. It's only their mental state of them living in, you know, that right. game. Yeah, yeah. So like their physical body is going to be intact. A lot of it is just their mental like psyche, I guess. So. I guess we really don't know until that happens. In one way, shape, or form, they're going to be getting out of the underworld. It's going to come down to how fucked up they are, and knowing Sword Art, they're not going to be that fucked up. They're going to be pretty fucking fine. So it's just a matter of when, what's going to happen in the real world, Alice's, you know, Flucked Light that is now a physical entity that they have. What's going to happen with that, and are they going to be used for military circumstances? Because even the good guys in this whole scheme that created the underworld we're creating Alice for a reason, and that was for military stuff. You know, like that was the whole. That's the whole stipulation of why everything yeah, happened the way I it think did. It was. I think it was a thing where like um, they specifically, meaning like the small three man team mm-hmm. uh, or, or one person, let's just say, that was behind developing Alice or or like you know Alicization, um, was not specifically developing Alice for military purposes. The program of Wraith is a military program and yeah. underworld was developed because they were like, Oh yeah. If you make this shit, like you can make people out of AI, like we, the military want in on that. Exactly. But like, I think Alice was their response to like, no, we just want to make like, like, let's see if we can just make a real per like, you know, just a regular person. Yeah. But I mean, either way that still the whole organization, like that's going to be a big problem in general, oh, especially like, now yeah, that they yeah, have yeah. completed their goal, which is Alice who is able to override, you know, the system and have their own thoughts and, you know, pretty much be an actual physical entity in a way, or human, that's the whole debate. So, like, Wraith isn't going to let them go that easy because now they technically finish the project in a, in a, in a sense. So, yeah. like, it, and that's the whole thing is what's going to, how is that going to flesh out? What is going to come of Alice and, you know, their findings in this? And how Kirito is also going to play a role because I feel like he has to in coming out of the STL and, like, kind of leading the way in terms of, this is the technology that we found. We can't use it for this or that. And, you know, like kind of being that person who's the crux of what is going to like determine the outcome of the underworld right. and yeah, everything yeah, that's yeah. been happening in Wraith. Yeah. So I don't know. It's curious. I feel like they can make two episodes out of it. I don't really have a problem with that. It's just more how they get them out and like continue on the train that they're yeah. down. Because <laughs> it's funny because now that we're talking, I'm thinking about it and we're talking about it. I'm actually worried that two episodes might be like too fast. <laughs> To like go through all of the logistics of like how we go from underworld ending to like everybody being fine and just living, you know, going on their thing. It's like, wait, we do kind of have like a whole super secret military plot thread to tie up in two episodes. Uh, yeah, just a little so, bit. Just a little yeah. Bit. I think I they know. can do it. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they can do it. It's whether they do it properly or like kind of yeah. just don't half ass. It'll probably it, you know? just be Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, right. It's like it's like they come back and he's just like a normal person. He's like, yeah, I was here this whole time. I was in an STL. And they're like, like all, right, all in talker. court, and Yuji comes yeah. in at like the last second. <laughs> I object. I object. <laughs> like fucking damn it, Yuji, just stay dead, would just, you? Oh my god! <laughs> Don't say oh, that to my boy. Yeah, right. no, nah, I'm just playing. Anyway, those are our thoughts on the episode as a whole. Indeed. Yeah, once again, let us know what your thoughts were on this episode or what your thoughts were on our discussion as a whole. Make sure you guys are liking, subscribing, hitting that notification bell. But until next time, we'll catch you on the flip. Peace. Later. Peace.